Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. The mission of Strength in Words is to provide peace of mind you already have everything you need to support the infants and toddlers in your life. As a parent or caregiver of an infant or toddler, you want to make sure you're doing it right, but everywhere you look, there's another learning toy or fancy subscription box that you don't have room for, feel guilty you can't afford, and that your child seems to lose interest in all too quickly. You want to support your baby's development, but you struggle finding the right toys or enough time and energy to do it. You just want the map to get through these first years and find more joy in the journey as well. If any of this rings true for you, you're in the right place. Right now, I'm giving away my Infant and Toddler Development Blueprint, a straightforward guide outlining my Learn With Less curriculum, which will help you discover the four major areas of development in the first three years of life and what's involved in each of those areas, find out what you can do to support development using what you already have in your home, learn how to follow my four-pillar framework to maximize the time you're already spending with your tiny human and much, much more. If you're ready to boost your infant or toddler's learning, stop feeling like you're winging it all the time and simplify your life, head to strengthinwords.com blueprint and download my free infant toddler development blueprint today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a yell it, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we've got a special guest on Strength in Words, my husband, Anton Marinovich. Let's welcome him to the show. Hello to Anton, hello to Anton, hello, 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 hello to all our old friends, hello to all our new friends, hello, 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 one last time. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 77 of the Strength in Words podcast. It is nearly Father's Day as I sit and record this, and I wanted to take a moment to recognize my parenting partner. I also thought it might be a nice way for you guys to get a sense of the other half of my team in real life, because as you know, when I'm not creating podcast episodes and working, I am momming two young children. So this episode is dedicated to celebrate the role of your co-parent or co-caregiver, because whether you are parenting with or without a partner, whether you are a dad, have a dad, or have three, whether your children have no dads, or whether you lost a dad, have 
have a complicated relationship with your dad or have the best dad in the world, none of us is raising children in isolation. So I hope you'll take this opportunity as I have to thank the person or people who are helping you get through the day. So today I'm speaking with my husband, Anton Marinovich, and I'd love to introduce him to you and to let him tell you his story. He'll share a few of his own words of wisdom, things he's learned along the way, his own challenges, and the way he has learned to understand his own young children. Hi, husband. Hi, wife. (laughs) So I'm sitting here with my husband, Anton Marinovich. And usually on the Strength in Words podcast, we start by giving a little bit of background information about who my guest is and how they came into doing what they're doing or being who they are and all their fabulousness. So because this is a feature on fathers and partners, I'd love to just sort of chat with you today about how that all came to be and your experience as a father thus far in our parenting journey together. So will you tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you came into fatherhood with? What were your sort of initial, right before everything went down, what were some of the things that you were excited about and what were sort of the, if you can recall, the hopes and dreams that you had coming into fatherhood? Okay, that's quite a bit. Uh, to start from the top, a little bit about myself. So I'm your husband. My, I guess, professional career has been in sales, primarily sales management and leadership roles in tech companies. I think if I was to start with like fatherhood, I would say that probably the Maybe it is for, maybe it's maybe your first time or your first child was pretty nerve-wracking. I mean, we had a lot going on and a lot of big changes. We had just gotten married and then we moved and I switched jobs and all those things. And then here was the fact that you're going to become a dad and all that was like kind of converging all at once. Right. I mean, we, we moved not only like to the next town over, we moved across the pond from California to the UK, right? To right. London. Right, and switching jobs, and so all that dramatic change. And so I think probably initially, I think I was very fearful of just what it all meant. You know, there's a little bit too much change for me to handle at once. But once you get through that, then I think it started to get more and more real about the fact that I was going to become a dad. So instead of having that level of insecurity of, am I going to be a good father or not? I think it became more of a point of embracing the fact that I was moving on to the next phase of my life, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like just everything kind of happens in a step. And I saw that as as a step and I would say that like my hopes and dreams I don't know I think when you were pregnant when we were about to have our first son I don't think it was so much you know after you get over that kind of initial fear then it was more and I wasn't really thinking about like you know oh what kind of dad am I gonna be or like oh this is gonna play sports and stuff I think it would turned out to be more of like you know I want to make sure that the you know hopefully the pregnancy goes smooth and I hope I can support you through the birthing process as well as possible and I hope we have a healthy baby and I hope, you know, we're able to adapt to the changes that, you know, having a baby will bring. So maybe a bit more rational <laughs> in that thought process. But I don't so think you're alone in that. Yeah. I probably had some dreams and hopes in it, but I think with just everything going on, it was a bit more of like, no, let's focus on the tangibles and the things that I can deal with right now. Totally. And not try to get lost in the future. Well, and that's, I mean, those 
in fact, are actually quite intangible. Those are the things that you feel mm. like you'd like to have control over, which, of course, you don't. All right, so right. baby comes. We get back home. My mom was there mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. Staying with us for the first few weeks. Yeah. What were some of those initial feelings of what you were experiencing? What was happening as far as fatherhood? Because I think, you know, there's a lot about like, okay, well, the transition into motherhood, the things change, of course, a lot for the mom, obviously, you know, physically, there's all kinds of things to adapt to whether or not you choose or can or having an easy or hard time with breastfeeding and all the sleep and all of that stuff. Like, what were some of those things for you that changed or you were grappling with i think it was that i think i'm a bit routine driven right and so (laughs) that was a whole dramatic change to the routine and it's like how do you compensate for that while you're still you know again being very rational hey i'm building out a business and i'm hiring people and managing them and changing the way that they do things Mm -hmm. and you know oh god also my whole home life is different and like oh wait a sec we just can't go out on friday nights anymore and you know oh getting a beer with the guys on saturday night like that's probably not a good idea seeing that i'm probably gonna wake up like five times during the night with you or whatever it's gonna be so those little things were were an interesting change that you just had to cope with but in the same time it was also like okay you know my family needs me so maybe it's more of you know something nestled into our dna or just that deep kind of uh you know i want to support and provide Mm. kind of mentality Mm. so it was like okay you know what those things aren't so important anymore it's about being on call and just trying to support you and the baby through that process because i can't really give anything more than just support because you know you're really had gone through you know that whole dramatic change Mm -hmm. here's this whole new life that's like where the hell am i And so that's, I felt like probably the, the best role that I could do is just being that support mechanism, both mm. physically and mentally. I think I did an okay job. <laughs> I think you did a great job. You've had many friends since become first time dads. Have any of them asked for like advice or your thoughts or what should I be aware of or something like that? Yeah, I think most of the time it's more of like, what do I have to be aware of like going on with my wife? Like, how do I support my wife? Or what do I need to know? Like, does the baby really like get up that many times? Or, you know, what do you do when the baby's crying? So I think for at least from my network of friends who have become fathers, no one's really said of like, what does it feel to be a dad? <laughs> it's more very tactical. Everything's right. like tactical. What do I need to know? Tactical questions. No, like philosophical things. It's just, how much longer do I need to, you know, when do you start really seeing the baby sleep for the night? Right. <laughs> and this kind of stuff. So what is it, I mean, knowing what you know now and yeah. having been through it with yeah. two very different tiny humans, what kinds of things do you like to say to new parents, to your, well, I to think your it's, new buddies? Well, I think it's the concept of the tunnel or I've also heard, heard the baby fog. Yeah, so will you explain that to our listeners? Because I've mentioned yeah. that you've said this. I don't know if time. I necessarily coined the term, if I heard it from someone, <laughs> but that feeling of, you know, you have the baby. And, you know, and as, as, as my partner who didn't give birth, you know, I'm back at work. So you're going through your routine, but then at home, you're kind of dealing with this whole new dynamic. <laughs> and so life starts feeling like it's passing you by so fast because you're just completely exhausted. And you're basically, you know, you have your work, but then you have your home work, if you will. Mm-hmm. 
And so it just feels like you're really in this tunnel and you're just kind of running down this tunnel and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you know, you just can't grab it. You keep on grab, you can't grab it. You keep on running towards it. And then finally, you know, maybe it's this milestone that the, the baby gets, you know, six hours of straight sleep or you know, it just something kind of happens in that dynamic or the baby passes a certain, again, milestone that all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, wow. I'm out of the tunnel like how long has it been like oh god three months or four months like oh geez (laughs) this is unreal (laughs) where's life gone like what what do you mean like oh you know it's just life passes you by so fast because you literally have tunnel vision and so that's the concept of living in the tunnel or being in the tunnel just to be clear neither of our two children slept through the night no by three or four months no I shouldn't say by sleeping through the night but I mean like (laughs) you know you get that yeah Or maybe it's something that your body adapts to it, but there's just like this kind of change that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it's just, you know, just both partners get a comp. You know, I, I don't know exactly. I can't say the exact point, but there is this just phase where all of a sudden you see color again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like going black and white to color. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think with both of ours, it was about three or four months. No. No, just to saying that being in the tunnel. I've heard you describe it as the first year. Yeah. Yes. But there's the, the initial first three or four months, though, is where it's really crazy. Like, that's where you're really <laughs> deep. Maybe steps. like five, like five, like, you know, stories deep underground kind of tunnel. <laughs> Inception five yeah. levels in. Yeah. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So you get out of the little tunnel. Or maybe you get out of the deepest, darkest depths of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then your baby maybe is like starting to be more interactive. Mm-hmm. And so obviously with my work, like it's all about that interaction and the, the focus of, of what you can do with your baby and what you are already doing and, and how you can maximize that time with the time that you're already spending. So... For me, that was the piece of early parenthood that came very naturally to me. What were some of the, how, what was that like for you as just as far as interacting with your tiny baby? Was it something that you ever struggled with or questioned whether you were, you know, doing the right things or enough things or had the right tools or anything like that? Like what what was I guess the biggest challenge when it came to connecting with our little ones when they were teeny tiny and what were those sort of struggles for you? Do you remember? I mean, I think I have to jog my memory a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't all that long ago, but it feels like it was like so long ago I would say that I I mean again going back to like that being the support mechanism I feel like it was it was around maybe around nine months probably with both that uh, you know I was able to engage with them of course I love them and I'm gonna hold them and I'm gonna do you know everything I can but then there was this this change where you can actually engage with them a bit further where your reactions are getting like in, I mean you're always getting some kind of reactions but you read it better mm. and and maybe it's also you know the fact of you know they're getting older or they're getting a little stronger and you're not so worried about you know something happening to them you know you've uh, been you know, grown accustomed to the routines of having a baby that it kind of changes then from you know oh I'm going to be the supporter provider to like oh wow I'm a father this is my child mm. and you kind of 
feel those initial points of, of relationship building where you're actually building a relationship and it's becoming or it feels like anyways yeah. it's more of a two-way street than just a one-way street of you you know come on come on please please look at me oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh I think he smiled I think he smiled oh no he farted that's why he smiled and <laughs> but there's a big gap in that timeline between like say six weeks and nine months yeah yeah totally totally but you so know everything you takes like off. within that gap that that was a difficult time a more difficult time or a more challenging time as far as well I don't know you know it may maybe circumstances would have been different had we like you know we had both children after two major like kind of career and like transatlantic moves so there was already like we moved with our first son you know we said okay you know what well let's not change countries and switch jobs when we have the second one and then we had the second one we did the same thing again so there was a lot of stuff going around that for your own personal sake it takes a couple months to then feel settled again sure so maybe if those circumstances were a little bit different it'd feel a little bit more grounded but you know there was just a a lot of chaos going on at once and a lot to deal with but i mean in hindsight i still you know i don't think i would have changed it either because i think it made us stronger as a couple and you know had us understand our children even more so too well so what what were some of those things as far as starting to understand your babies yeah i think it's you start getting clued into the power of noticing behavior i think that's one thing i mean you know when you're around people and you get older i mean i think you spend a lot of time focusing on what people say and what they do but not really the behavior behind it or what's driving it and with a child there's so or a baby anyways it's it's so simple right it's so pure Everything is pure about them. And it's not verbal yet either. Yeah. So what were some of the things that you can remember noticing that taught you about your son's behavior or your son's preferences or needs or desires or, or even what, what he was interested in? Well, you learn that there's a lot of different tools around you to, to help your child. I think that the things I started noticing is how he notices the world around him. And that is like, for instance, where we were living when our first son was born, you know, we weren't too far from an airport and, you know, an airplane coming not only is something visual that you could see, but also makes a sound. Mm -hmm. And I forget at what stage or how old he was when he started realizing or understanding, you know, what that meant. Connecting connecting the the, thing in the sky to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To the sound. Yeah. And then you remember how we used to put him in his rocker and he could look out the window and Mm -hmm. then he'd see them all flying over and, you know, be content with that. That was a very interesting thing. And then also came with cars, right? So we're living in a city and, you know, I think that's the next thing about it, right? You're living in a city. You know, yes, we have like regional parks around us, but it's not like we had a nice luscious backyard or anything else. Mm -hmm. We're living in a building that was like kind of, you know, an apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are the things around him? Well, it's glass, it's doors, it's concrete, it's cars, it's people walking, it's buses, it's airplanes, it's subways and and those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and you could see then as he got older, those were the initial biggest points of interest that he had in some of his earlier words were on those mm-hmm. those things yeah he was super interested in vehicles of all kinds right right i mean i remember i used to sit him at the corner at like the top of Radapole road and we would just sit there and watch you know the buses and the taxis go by yeah i think he was what maybe about about a year old probably. yeah a little bit older i think about 15 16 months mm-hmm. i mean he would just do that and he'd be so content with that for a while and every time you'd see one, like, van, he'd go, van, van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mini Cooper, you know, out of the blue was like one of the, like. The Mini Pooper. Mini Pooper, yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Yes, but I guess you're, you're a combination of uh, influences of, of, of the environment around him. Mm, yeah. And what? And his, his own development, right? His own interests. You know, had we been on a farm. Right. And it would have been a much different thing. Or a village or even in suburbia, you know, would have been much different. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, if we had been on a farm, who knows? Maybe he would have still gravitated towards the farm vehicles. Yeah, that's true. Or, which of course then would have been a totally different set of vocabulary. Yes. Or maybe it would have been animals, right? Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's exactly the influence of the environment and, and his own interests. Yeah. But it's also you reading what his interests were, right? Yeah, and picking up on that, yes, and being yeah. able to... And reinforcing to put to, it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun thing. And then number two doesn't seem to be as like interested in car. You know, here we are living in the suburbs now, and he isn't as interested in cars. He's so. into cars, but, but you know, more. not like you know, driving down the street where yeah. you know, the, our first child would, you know, literally call out like the the make of that car, <laughs> or start knowing like an Audi to a Ford. <laughs> Right, so right. A Honda. A little bit crazy. Yeah. What do you feel like were some of our second's early interests? And how did you determine what those were? Uh, his his initial balls. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was, was also driven that our first son started getting really into soccer. Or at least had an interest about it. A very, you know, he's still quite young. But he liked balls, At yeah. a very young mm-hmm. age of, of wanting to kick around a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. And, which, of and, course, is like, the two of us are like some of the least athletic people. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested find. in sports, yes, but I'm not very yeah. athletic. But yeah, and I think, you know, initially for, for our second child, you know, how much, I mean, he still does. You know, there's, you can put a lot of different toys in front of him, but he would always kind of gravitate towards a ball as his first or second yeah. choice. Yeah. And and I think that, you and know. And he points out basketball hoops all yeah. the time. He's almost yes. two and a half now. Yeah. yeah, and we just reinforced that a lot because obviously it's very easy to, to get a ball or find something that's circular. Right. Ooh, uh, talk more about that. I love that. So you would find, you know, rocks, or, mm-hmm. you know, circular rocks, balls that may go to other type of toys and so forth. You know, so. The dryer ball is one that comes Oh, the dryer ball. Me. Yeah, I forgot that one. Yeah, that's that, that one too. Yeah, we already have so many of them. Yeah. I love that you said, like, anything round. I mean, we've even, like, crumpled up newspaper and thrown it into something round, right. like a bowl. Yeah. And made or it bottle into... caps. Bottle caps he loved, yeah. and that was a circular thing. Yeah, it can roll. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then that also, it's interesting because that, like, interest in a ball or something that's round and that rolls is actually something that he seemed to be interested in shapes naturally quite early yeah, as well that's true. Yes. and he would say circle and and then we would then reinforce that with other shapes that we saw in the environment or yeah. found in the environment yeah and then i think also you know going back to balls and shapes it's led him to have an interest in numbers how know? do you think well you know for instance like some of his favorite books are number books or a clock for instance right it's circular mm, and then there's numbers in the middle right like in my parents house Remember we had that kind of stage where he would constantly want to go to my parents' like grandfather clock yeah. and then just look at the clock, but then try to, then you'd tell him what the numbers are and then he'd be like, you know, three, five, eight, nine, seven, twelve. <laughs> but he just would be so happy doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, But then looking at clocks with numbers has led him now in general, though I find it's like even when you walk around and there's house numbers, right? He knows like with number four, four, mm-hmm. eight, yeah, he can six. Yeah, it, right. Yeah. 
So I think it was like a, you know, kind of a one step to another step to another step. Right. But I think the key there is that I find that I've always enjoyed watching you naturally support is his natural interest. They're both of them, their natural interests, instead of, you know, thinking that you needed to drill him or tell him that. So can you talk a little bit about that? I don't know. I think, I mean, a lot of it also has to probably go to the way that I was raised. My parents never forced anything on me, right? It was always, if I had an interest in it, then they supported that interest. And then if I stopped interest, then it was okay. Yeah. You know, I went to things from playing sports to playing piano and so forth. So I feel like... I think just naturally, I, I want to do the same for, for our kids. And you're very much like that, too. So we both, you know, it's not like one of us is pushing one angle and the other one's not. It's, you know, we both very much, you know, understand and see when they play and they if they gravitate towards something, then try to talk to them about it or play with them on it and then see if that continues. Because also sometimes their interest is kind of short-lived, too. But then you find, like, through that repetition that they find the things that are like okay wow they're they're really like again to mean our second son with balls you could still pull that out it's like yeah okay yeah you ball all right yeah yeah look what i'm gonna do with this ball (laughs) now actually it gets a little dangerous because now he's really like realizing how to throw a ball oh yeah Yeah. definitely (laughs) but in the early days it was it was easy right but so how do you redirect what do you do when he wants to throw a ball? Teach him that it's more about rolling a ball inside and mm. the fun that you can have rolling it than throwing it while throwing it is an outside sport. And when he insists that he wants to throw it? Then we get on our shoes and go on outside. There you go. So what are what are some of the things for you that have really stood out as far as your early fatherhood like what were some of the surprises as far as what fatherhood actually was versus what you thought it might be like Mm, it's a good question i thought i think my surprises was more about myself than than anything else and maybe that's because you just never know what kind of father you're going to be until you're a father and it's just it's funny things like you know i remember when we were when our first son was born right just being really nervous about being in a taxi cab with him and is he going to be safe and you know and these things that i would just never ever care about before or think about before so it was like that <laughs> was heightened level of, anxiety level yeah every day in your 20s you know? yes so those little things but then you know being a parent like you know okay i could tell that i don't have a lot of patience for this but then these other areas i do see i have a lot of patience for it what are some of the things for you that you struggle with patience-wise, especially with the sort of infant-toddler age group? I mean, infant-toddler, I would say that it was... First three years. I would say it's just just the coping and the understanding of when they're upset about something and you want them to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> or you're like, I don't understand. Like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not an infant anymore. I just fed you. We just played a great game. Why are you still upset? Like, why are you crying? Or why did you just bite your brother? <laughs> uh, you know, those little things. Uh, I, get, I think when you're just an adult, you're kind of like, come on, two-year-old. Why can't you act like an adult? And you have right. to take a step back and say, you know what? No, you're two years old. What am I thinking? Yeah, yeah. Your brain is actually a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. But those, those 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 little things. But I mean, also at the same time, I think we're kind of we you know, knock on wood, have been lucky that you know we have two children that I think like all kids are overall quite happy. But we've also come at a pretty good point to understanding you know how to read them, mm-hmm. and how to support them. So other than the fact that maybe when they're fighting with each other, like that's the only kind of wild card, <laughs> you know, 
in the whole dynamic right now. And you grew up with a brother who was oh, yeah. three years younger than you. So yeah. this is much more in your wheelhouse than mine because I grew up without any siblings for the majority of my childhood and then had a younger sister much later. Yeah. So I, number one, didn't grow up with boys and number two, didn't grow up with close siblings. So I've really struggled with that. I think, you know, I remember with my brother, we used to fight a lot and you know and play like rough mm-hmm. and tumble but then it turned into fighting and i would just I would, like you know we used to just fight but now like we're best friends and we love each other right but i think it's just one of these things like when you grow up with a sibling i think a lot of it too depends on you know the, the home life mm-hmm. but i think the the big thing is is that where you have a hard time is understanding that you have to share and but then also being you know where everything is not about you it's about the you and somebody else and you learn that at a very young phase right like you know you get a toy oh you get to share right the toy right, right? it's not just yours no it's not yeah. just yours anymore everything everything you, you share with the other person mm-hmm. you don't have like even though like let's say it's your birthday and you get that spider-man doll that you always wanted and it is yours mm-hmm. but is it really like <laughs> And so it's hard to understand that and cope with that. But I think also that's kind of something that when you get older, you it's kind of just inherent in you, of like supporting and sharing and having a bit of patience because you had to go through these struggles of being a little kid, of always having to deal with this other person who wanted to be like you or follow you and share your stuff and sit next to you or eat where you're eating and doing what you're doing. And you just have to learn how to cope with that. <laughs> Spoken like a true older brother. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, it changes the whole family dynamic, too. I mean, Completely. as we even saw with our first child, right? You know, I think, I mean, we had a lot of changes going on for us. But when, you know, the second was born, I think it took him a little while to, to cope with that. Of course. I mean, I did, too. I mean, there were stories about... <laughs> <laughs> me like always pinching uh, my brother's cheeks and stuff like that when he was just a little infant and my grandmother catching him. <laughs> so overall you you feel I mean obviously you feel pretty pretty good about your father fatherly ways. Yeah. I feel pretty good about your fatherly good. ways. Good. Thank you. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I appreciate being here. <laughs> Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yell it. Goodbye to this music we laugh and we played we're getting very clever this is what counts being here together thanks so much everyone the strength in words podcast brings you information tips and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood don't forget to download our free infant toddler development blueprint by heading to strengthinwords.com blueprint today if you haven't yet done so please do leave a review of the strength in words podcast on apple podcasts That helps other people find the good work we're doing to bring you parent education programming with the values of inclusivity, education, and simplicity. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Strength in Words with a friend or colleague. See you next time.